0: All right, well, if you were at the church picnic this last week, you may remember something being said about a big announcement that was supposed to happen today. Well, I do not have a big announcement. I have two big announcements. (laughs) What? (laughs) I thought that was clever to do it that way. After a year of searching and praying and going through over 15 interviews with different candidates, I am happy to announce that we have found and hired a worship pastor. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So some of you may be wondering, why are we looking to hire this position when our staff does a fine job with the music? And that's true, but I want to answer that question because I've heard it from a few of you, and that's because we're looking for someone to do so much more than just music. We have a vision to be a church that writes inspiring, theologically rich songs We have a vision to be a church that creates a culture that develops those who are gifted in music to grow in their gifting to the next level. We've also been looking for an individual who can take our incredible worship team to the next level in unity, in in musicianship, in skill, and in heart. And we've also been looking for someone who has the gift of a shepherd's heart to pastor this team and their families and this ministry as well. And that goes not only for what happens in here in the adult worship but also what happens with our youth as well. So we know that in the future, God is calling us to plant new churches as an extension of Word of Grace's ministry. And this worship leader is going to be key in cultivating those types of teams that will be sent forth uh, to help plant those churches as well. So this is why we've been looking for a developer-type person who fits the culture of who we are and of where we're going. And this is also why the process has taken us a little over a year so i I, i've told the worship team i said thank you for putting up with 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 me and all of my changes and my last minute and all the little things they had to work to when i was helping out with it now pastor keith is helping out pastor steven is helping out and uh, we've had some great volunteers step up and say i'll take this i'll take that i'll be able to i can serve more than uh, i said i could serve so thank you So much for making that happen during this past year um, as we've been searching. And um, I'm excited to announce to you um, Gino Miller, our newest hire at Word of Grace. So here is Gino and his wife, Andrea. Um, they've been married for four years, and they have two boys, Noah and Nico, and Gino is originally from Chicago, and his wife is originally from Michigan, so we got some Midwesterners there, you know, so um, actually she grew up on the other side of Lake Michigan in, in, in a, in a, uh, in, on a, a lake a town bordering the lake, so that's pretty cool. Um, now she gets to come experience the pretty side, right? <laughs> so that's a joke. They're currently serving in Hilton Head, South Carolina and wrapping up their time there with that church before transitioning here in about the next four to six weeks. So I can tell you this, Gino is uh, a humble young man who is hungry to serve God and he is excited to be here. And and I can honestly tell you this, when you meet him, you're gonna fall in love with this guy. Um, But I told him to look out because people were going to Facebook creep him And we're going to friend request him after this announcement. So he's ready. So stalk away, word of grace. Stalk, (laughs) stalk away. Um Actually, his name is Glenn Miller uh, Gino is his nickname it 's g e n o and his wife is andrea so uh, if you want to do some Facebook talking, you can watch him lead worship and and listen to some of the music they 've recorded and produced and uh, the, as a as a tag team they 're just absolutely fantastic and we we couldn 't be happier we know we knew I, I mean it was one of those things. Like, when I met the guy, I was like, man, I I really believe this is the guy. So it was really great. So um, I told him he was going to be getting probably a bunch of friend requests from strangers um, in in Sheboygan area. And I told him, I said, unless it's a prince from Nigeria um, wanting your bank account information, it's legit. (laughs) So... But uh, that's the first big announcement, so please be in prayer um, for Gino and, uh, and, and Andrea and their family. We're so excited, um, and man, I, I am so excited. Our staff is so excited. That was one of the things with our staff is that when we uh, were doing this search, we would always have mixed reviews about different candidates that we would get presented with. I mean, some people like two or three of us would be excited about. And then we'd have two or three going, eh, I don't know. And then it would be flip-flopped, you know, and or you'd have the majority. And then there was one guy, I'm not going to name any names, Pete Cocos, wasn't excited. <laughs> Sorry, I just had something in my throat. Wasn't excited <laughs> about, I mean, there's just, there, there were certain people, they just weren't excited about certain individuals. And we were like, man, we couldn't just get really in unity about it. And that's always a, a red flag, you know. But I can say when, we all uh, were able to connect with Gino, everybody was like, yes, 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 a hundred times yes. Uh, When I was able to show uh, Gino and Andrea to the board, they were like, yes. Like it it was just, it was that, that you just knew that this was the right move for our church family. So we couldn't be happier. Um, It's just wonderful. So that's the first thing. So be in prayer for them um, and uh, check them out online. Um, they have a, a band called As Husband and Wife, um, where they uh, do some Christ-centered music uh, for, for marriage ministry. They're really passionate about that. Um, so you can check them out, As Husband and Wife, or Gino and Andrea Miller, you'll be able to look them up. So the second big announcement is dealing with our property and our building. So as I announced to you early this spring, the church bought the house that's right in front of our building, um, right there, uh, Uh, that White House that sits uh, on our property, which is now ours now. So we're excited to do that. Uh, We've actively been working on that project to get the plans to make that eventual parking. Um, And we hope to move forward with that in 2020 at some point. Um, But there are more pressing issues to our building that need to be addressed and first, uh, we've discovered that we need to do some things also to help us make room um, to extend the life of our building. So we need to fix the flow of water that's on our roof. Um, and this was going to be a really expensive fix. I don't know if you guys, some of you may have been around during last winter. There were like these monster icicles that your kids thought were the greatest things, you know, hanging off of the building. And I didn't. Um, <laughs> But we have to fix the water flow. There's some pitch issues with the roof and things like that. And it was going to be a really expensive fix. And so, since we were going to be doing that fix anyways, we thought, you know, why don't we go ahead and not only make everything function properly, but why don't we go ahead and address some other issues with the facing of our building. So, after much prayer and discussion over the past six months, the board and the staff have come up with this redesign of the church. So, I'll show it to you right now. So, This is um, uh, what we've got here. This project is approved, and we're moving forward. And we are hopefully will have this project uh, completed either uh, before winter or early in the spring. So what I've done is I'm going to be posting a blog later on today at wog.church. So if you want to go to the website, I have written an extremely detailed blog with all of these changes, all of what everything looks like, what it all represents, what it all means. So if you're like, well, why are we doing that or why is it going to look that way or, or, or what's the purpose for this? Everything has a purpose and we, um, I, I have that detailed on the blog. So please go to wog.church um, a little later this afternoon, and you can look and read all of the reasons for these changes and how it's going to benefit our church. But the thing that gets me the most excited about this project is that our church is in a financial position to do all of these things without taking a loan. And that gets me really excited. So, so praise God and, 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 and thank God for the generosity of our church, and thank God for the stewardship of our board and our staff. You are doing an incredible job to steward um, our church's finances, so thank you for that. Um, however, if you feel led to give towards the building, um, you certainly can. Like, if you're like, man, I, I really wanna just help with that, I, I have a passion for this or you want to help make that happen, you certainly can. Um, Some people give regularly to our building funds, so all you'd have to do is just indicate WOG Forward on your check or on your offering envelope, or there's a section on if you give online, you can do WOG Forward. Um, So if you you feel led, we said we still wanted to give people an opportunity, but we're not um, asking uh, you to help us complete this project. But if God puts it on your heart, you certainly can have that uh, opportunity to give, and that's how you would do it anytime you want to give towards the building it's always wag forward and that's always on our website and you can always write that down cuz that's the name of that fund our building is about to look great it's about to be something that you can be proud of on the outside and the inside And the most exciting thing to me is that we're going to be making room for ministry to happen. The other exciting thing that this does is it also puts us in a position to be able to work on our parking lot design because this is going to change the flow of things, and that's all explained on on the website, on my blog. But there are so many great things happening in our church we're getting ready to launch our jail ministry next year where we're going to be doing outreach to the jail. And then also we're working on uh, putting a plan together for the nursing home outreach as well. We're actually going to be bringing our church service into the jails, into the nursing home, and ministering to those families. We've launched our Monday night service. You guys, wow, my mind is just blown right now because Monday night we called a prayer service. And we said, hey, we want to have... Pre prayer over this Monday night outreach that we're about to do by having a Monday night service and I, I got to be real with you Like I grew up in church. I know how prayer meetings go I know who shows up to prayer meeting. I get it And, and, and I mean I remember it being just me and five other people in prayer meetings and, and I got to be honest I had really low expectation I thought you know It would have been a great night if 20 people would have showed up to help pray over this Monday night service 68 people showed up to pray for our Monday night service. And, and I don't know if that gets you excited or not, but it makes me want to like internally combust. Because as a pastor... There's nothing that makes my heart happier than seeing the church support and rally behind. And and then not only were there 68 people in the building praying and worshiping together over the Monday night service, but I got texts and emails and phone calls and Facebook messages from a lot of you who said, hey, I can't make it physically tonight, but I'll be praying with you as the church is praying. And I'm going, what? This is awesome. And I'm so excited and, and just humbled to be a part of what God is doing you guys isn't this is a special time in the history and the life of this church and so thank you for being a part of it you watched the the the, the picnic recap and and saw we had our, our our biggest attended picnic ever and and there were just people just man the, the tent wasn't big enough they're gonna have to build bigger tents for word of grace because so many people just want to love on each other and, and, and worship together and hang out on a beautiful Sunday in the park together. I, man, uh, there's not a whole lot more that gets me excited than seeing people excited to be together and excited about what God's doing in their lives and the testimonies we heard and the baptisms that happened. I mean, my goodness, it's just incredible. People were, I mean, people are, are serving, they're becoming a part of a healthy church family. We've more than doubled the amount of people who have uh, gone through our membership class this year than we did last year, and we're not even through with the year. And it's just, I mean, this is a special, special time for our church family. So I'm just grateful to get to be a part. So um, be praying about that. I'll make this commitment to you, Um, I'll keep you updated as stuff changes. Um, As you walk out of the sanctuary today, there's going to be um, some schematics that are going to be printed out on a big, huge board that you can stop and look at, take a picture of, whatever, share on Instagram, Facebook if you want to, or just look at, you know. uh, Or you can go check out wog.church and read more about that. Don't forget that. And don't forget to check out Gino and Andrea and be praying for them. It's just a really, really, really exciting time. But um, today, as we look to shift into a new series we're going to be doing something that i've been looking forward to all year we're kicking off a new series called sounds of silence and what we're going to be dealing with is different spiritual practices that are going to help us grow more serious in our faith And so, not only are we going to talk about these things and explore these things from a biblical perspective and see what God says about these things in His Word, but we're also, I'm going to invite you to actually practice those things and do them corporately um, as a church. So, with that in mind, why don't we pray and just kind of get our minds set on the Word and let's get refocused. All that other stuff's great. All that other stuff's exciting, but let's really get focused on what we came here to do today, that's to worship and honor God and to grow more in His Word. So let's do that here together as we pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the great news. Thank you for all the exciting things. Lord, help us to focus now at this moment on your truth. Help us to hear from your Holy Spirit what you want to speak. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to do in hearts and lives what only you can do. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do in me and through me as I speak this precious word of God. I ask you to do through me what only you can do to where people are just focused on Jesus and what you are speaking and leading and directing and guiding them to do as husbands and wives, as single people, as families, as parents, as employers and employees, as God just as people who are trying to grow more serious in their faith. Help us to do this today together today in a way that will have significant impact on us and on our church and where you want us to move forward in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So the first thing we're going to deal with is fasting. So if you want uh, to write down a title, the title of my sermon is Why Fasting Matters. And in this series, I want to invite you to join, uh, to join me uh, on a journey, a journey that you may or may not have taken before. For some of you, it's going to be a reminder. And for others of you, it's going to be a brand new experience. So over the next three weeks, I want you to join in with hundreds of other people in practicing these spiritual disciplines that we're going to go through. And I'm going to spend time each week going through the why behind the discipline. And at some point in the week, I'm going to invite you to actually do that thing that we're teaching. And the reason that we're calling the series Sounds of Silence is not because I want you to think about Simon and Garfunkel. It's because, And it's not because I want to draw attention to how spiritual that you may think that you are. But rather, it's to silently draw your heart's focus closer to Christ. It's to strengthen your worship. It's to help us grow more serious in our faith. And today we're going to start with the question, why does fasting matter? So first of all, let's define fasting. And here's kind of a generally accepted definition of fasting among Christians over the centuries. Here it is. Fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that is in itself good, like food, in order to intensify our expression or our need for something greater, namely God and His work in our lives. So it's a temporary renunciation of something that is good to intensify our expression of a greater need, like God and His work. In our lives In other words, food is good, but God is better. Amen, somebody? Uh, that was weak because some of you are thinking, "I don't know. Food's really good. Nope, food is good. But God is better. Fasting is not unique to Christianity either, because there are many religions that practice fasting or going without food for a certain period. However, the purpose and practice of fasting for the Christian is very different from any other religion in the world. Because fasting doesn't have the same place in Christianity that, for example, it does in Islam. The fasting that Muslims do during the month of Ramadan in Islam is a requirement for every real Muslim. If you don't participate in Ramadan, you are not really a Muslim. If you just say, I'm not going to do the fasting thing in Ramadan... Fasting doesn't have that type of place in Christianity. So if some of you are maybe freaking out, going, oh, I've never fasted before. Am I not really a Christian? No, that's not what we're saying because that's not taught or implied in Scripture. Even though there is no command to fast in the New Testament, there are indications that it was normal and that Jesus expected that it would happen among his followers. So if you have your Bible, go over to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to Matthew chapter nine. We're going to start reading in verse fourteen. I'll give you just a second to get there. Matthew nine and verse fourteen. As you're turning there, let me just give you a quick reminder commercial that you can always follow along on the U version app, and we put the notes on there that are available to you under the live event section under the menu. So if you have the Bible app, the U app. You should be able to follow along every week with that. So just make sure that uh, you utilize that if you would like to do that as well. Matthew 9 and verse 14, we're going to read through verse 17. Here's what Scripture says. Then the disciples of John came to Jesus, and they asked him a question. They said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts on a piece of unshrunk cloth and an old garment, for that patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, then the skin is going to burst and the wine spilled. The skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins so both can be preserved. So Jesus uses a couple of illustrations to answer John's disciples when they say, hey, we're fasting, the Pharisees fast, but you and your disciples aren't fasting. And so Jesus uses this illustration of a bride and a bridegroom. Jesus explained that they didn't have to long to be with him. So here we can deduce the purpose of fasting to be this longing to be with him. He said, listen, I'm here. I'm physically present. I'm right here. They have no need to fast and mourn and have this desire to be with me because I am with them. I'm right here. I'm physically present. He did say they would fast again, though. He said there will come a time when they will fast again. In other words, he was foretelling of the fact that I'm here now, But I am going to ascend. I'm going to go to the right hand of the throne of God. And then there's going to be this time and period, yes, where he is present with us in spirit, but not physically present with us as he was during that time. And he said there's going to be a longing again to be reunited with that bride and that bridegroom. So he uses that illustration to help him to see that. He did say that they would fast again. And Jesus likened this experience to the rolls in a wedding, or to uh, these different containers, or this patch, and he tried to help them get it. So fasting for us today is a physical reminder of the longing that we should have for God more than anything else. It would be like how you would long to be married after you've met your future spouse and you're engaged. Hey, do you remember that at all? Do you remember when you proposed? Those of you who are married, do you remember the proposal? Ooh, I mean, everything was just right. It was the right moment. Or maybe you're one of those guys that like, hey, want to get hitched or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Either way, hopefully it was a romantic moment for you and your at that time girlfriend. And it's just like, oh, yeah and, oh, the hugs and the kisses and the, and, and the announcing and the celebration, hopefully, that ensued. And then after that, there's this time period where you're going to be married and you 're going to be able to be together forever, but at the same time you 're still together, but you're not you 're not married you you haven't made that covenant that commitment and there 's this anticipation there 's these thoughts of what it 's going to be like there 's this longing to be together there 's this longing to want to be married there 's this desire i mean that desire was based on your heart to forever be with that person that you loved and and this should be all the more amplified. Ooh. Is that me? That's weird. That should that should be more amplified in our longing to see Christ return. To 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 desire to be with him to 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 be in 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 that in that physical presence, to, to, to be able to, to be assembled with all the rest of the saints who have gone before us. There should be a hunger. There should be a, a longing to honor and to worship God uh, right there at His feet. There should be a desire for that, and that's part of what fasting helps us to do because it helps us realize food is good, but God is better. The other thing that fasting does is that fasting refocuses your heart, because the act of going without food does something. It brings clarity and focus to us. I mean, even folks that study fasting from a health perspective understand this. They understand there's a certain clarity uh, and there's a certain health benefit to uh, fasting and, and different things like that that, that, that can bring you certain uh, clarity. But, but if we're focusing and being intentional on pursuing God, not just doing it for a health reason or, oh, I can serve God and lose a few pounds. Sure. No, that's not the purpose of this fast. The purpose is to focus our heart, to bring clarity and focus on what really matters because we have a greater dependence on God to sustain us than food. Because as we look at food, we see it as fuel, we see it as sustenance. Sometimes it can become elevated and become more than something that sustains us. And we actually, it actually becomes an idol, becomes something we, we worship, it becomes something we get addicted to, something that we look at uh, more as, as, as entertainment and worship and we prioritize it uh, over things that we shouldn't. And, and we just and, and we don't realize we're worshiping it and we're misprioritizing our heart and our focus. And so what what fasting does is it refocuses us and helps us to see that really the one who sustains us is God, that it's not the food. So we can thank God for the food, but he's the sustainer and the giver of life. And there isn't a certain amount of time that's more spiritual than another, Um, so don't get caught up in all of that. How how long am I supposed to? How many days? Um, You know, oh, I did it more than so-and-so, so I win the spiritual race. Come on. Come on, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's days, weeks, or just a meal. Do it with the intent to refocus your heart and liken that physical longing, that physical hunger to your hunger for Christ and not just to check it off of some list that you think will make God like you more because this isn't something that you do and God goes, oh, there's a faster. <laughs> oh, man, there's a faster. I'm, I'm definitely going to pay attention to them and, and they get a gold star by their name today. No, that's not the purpose of it. It's to refocus, reorient your heart to long for God, not to make God like you more. Uh, flip back just a couple of pages if you have your Bible open to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read um, another passage um, on fasting. Matthew 6 and verse 16 This is a good one here. Jesus said this, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you." So it's not something that we're just supposed to go and announce to everybody so they see how spiritual we are. And I guess one of the ways that they did it, obviously, was they looked like they were really, really sad, more than usual. So don't walk around like this. What's wrong with you? I'm fasting. (laughs) You know, you look like Walter or something. I'm fasting, you know. I I mean, that's not what you want to do. You don't want to go around being gloomy, all depressed, all mopey. So someone will ask you a leading question. Oh, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I'm fasting because I love Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that must be so hard. Oh, so, and it becomes about you, you see. It's not something we're supposed to just go and announce, something we're supposed to make a big deal. So, you know, don't post your, 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 your glass of water and your Bible and your journal on your Instagram. You get it just right, and it's like, you know, you get that perfect picture, hashtag fasting today. You know, like that's not... That's not what we're supposed to do because Jesus himself said, don't make a big deal out of this. Don't draw attention to yourself because it's really not about people looking at how spiritual that you are. Because then you get a misdirected focus and the enemy can whisper in your ear and somehow make you think this is about you. And next thing you know, instead of glorifying God, you're glorifying yourself through something that you think is spiritual. And God's looking at it going, this is not pleasing So if we want to please God, this is something that we're doing in secret. This is something that we're not uh, going around and parading and all of those things like that. So, you know, you're not going to get a a letter in the mail from Pastor Derek that you have to check this box. Did you fast this week? You know, nope. That's between you and the Lord. Okay. But I am going to invite you to join me. I'm going to tell you when I'm going to do it. So you can just assume that I'm doing it. But I'm not going to tell you how long or what I'm doing because that's not your business. All right. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounded really mean. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. Another good rule of thumb for fasting would be that if it isn't a struggle, you're probably missing the point. Can I say that again? Uh, another really good point of fasting is that if it isn't a struggle, you're probably missing the point. This is not like I heard somebody on the radio, you know, back when it was, you know, uh, uh, the time for, for Lent and all that, and I heard people talking about, oh, yeah, I, I really hate Carl's Jr. It's like the worst fast food restaurant ever. For Lent, I'm giving up Carl's Jr. What? That's so dumb. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my goodness, if, if that's the case, I'm giving up condiments for Lent. <clears throat> I'm really not too keen on them right now. So... I think I had enough condiments on me to feed a third world country, you know. But at the same time, you know, you can't just say, I'm going to do something that's not a struggle, because if there's not a struggle attached to it, I think you're missing the point. I think there has to be a struggle with it, because that's part of the deal, is that it's a breaking down. It's you wanting something, it's you desiring something, and then saying, no, I want God more. I, I want to please Him more. I-, I, want to s- I want to liken this desire and this hunger to actually how I want to be with Jesus and how I want to serve Him and how I want to live for Him. And I want to equate that feeling and that longing with that. And listen, if it, if it uh, isn't one or two meals that does it for you, then, man, maybe you, you need to reevaluate because there needs to be a struggle. Um, that's how you know that this thing is sacrificial. Hey, that goes with any sacrifice, right? I mean, there has to be some element of struggle in it some element of, I really don't want to do this. I'm not looking forward to this. And then you, you, you press through that. And, and here's what I've done when I fasted in the past. I like to fast un- until I stop thinking about food. Isn't that weird? Because you're like, yeah, you're, you're hungry and you're thinking about food. Yeah, you better believe it at first. And honestly, when you make the decision to fast, you're going to think about food more than you ever have in your life. Because it's going to be like front and center. Yeah, I'm going to do this fasting thing. I got this fasting thing. Oh my goodness, as soon as you make that declaration, you're going to be like hungry for everything. You're going to be wanting like pickles and ice cream and stuff. I mean, like you're, you're going to be thinking about food combinations that sound incredible to your palate because you're making this decision and the enemy wants to get you distracted with the food. And so I, I like to fast until I stop thinking about the food until I get to that breaking point. And man, when I do, it's, it's incredible because it's more about the heart than it is about the act or about the length. So here's the last thing. Fasting prepares you for what God wants you to do next. This is one of the beautiful things about fasting. Jesus fasted for 40 days and was tempted by Satan afterwards at his weakest physical human point. And what, did, what was the first thing that the enemy tempted him with? Oh well, if you're really the son of man and you can just talk to those stones and make them bread, right? Because you're hungry. I mean, and Jesus was. Jesus experienced that the physical pain of hunger. He was not exempt from that. You have to understand that was part of the humanity of Christ. Was that he experienced the physical pain you experience when you miss meals or when you're going, oh man. I really want to go have this certain meal, or, or, or I can't wait to go eat. And all of the, the exhaustion, I mean, he experienced that. And he, at his weakest human point, after fasting for 40 days, was tempted. This was to demonstrate to us that even at his weakest point, he still was without sin, which is absolutely incredible and should encourage all of us. Over in Acts chapter 13, we see another preparation um, with fasting with the Apostle Paul and with um, his buddy Barnabas. So Acts 13 and verse 1, Scripture says this, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manaen, a lifelong friend of Herod the Terak, and Saul, or Paul. Uh, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Verse 3 Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. You see, there was a transition point that happened, just like in the earthly ministry of Jesus. There's a transition point that happened. It helps prepare us for what is next. Paul and Barnabas were fasting. They were praying, and it was preparing them for what God wanted them to do next because the next thing they do after they were, had hands laid on them, they were anointed to go out onto the different missionary journeys that they went out to share the gospel. So maybe you know that God has something for you to do, and maybe you're wondering if you're being led by the Spirit or if you're being led by the flesh, and you don't know. I really don't know if I'm supposed to do this, or that. Um, Could I encourage you? Maybe you need to fast to prepare, to get clarity, to get your heart focused in the right place by telling your flesh, no. Because when we feast, we gladly taste the emblem of our heavenly food, the bread of life, Jesus himself. And when we fast, we say, I love the reality more than I love the emblem. Both feasting and fasting are worship for the Christian. Both magnify Christ. And of course, both have their, particular, their peculiar dangers. The danger of feasting is that we fall in love with the gift. The danger of fasting is that we belittle the gift and boast in our willpower. We boast in our discipline. At its best, Christian fasting is not belittling of the good gift of food. It is simply a heartfelt body felt exclamation point at the end of the sentence i love you god and i need you more than food i need you more than life so whether it would be to refocus your heart whether it would be for you to acknowledge that food is good but god is better whether it's you to be prepared for what god would have next for you i want to encourage you to fast and here's what i want to ask of you church family Would you join me in a church-wide fast Tuesday, August the 20th? For some of you, it's just the need for the experience. And I know when you make a declaration to fast that the enemy is going to make sure it's difficult. Just be aware that the enemy will make sure that it's difficult. But would you do something else united as a church during this coming Tuesday? And the the reason I, I chose Tuesday was because I want our church family that's going to be joining us this Monday to be able to join us corporately and do it together, Um, which I'm really excited to see who that is. Um, As we fast, would you commit to do another thing? Would you take that time that you normally would have spent eating, that 20, 30 minutes, maybe even if you have an hour lunch break, and instead of eating, would you spend time in the Scripture and time in prayer during that time? So as you are saying no to food, say yes to the Lord, either through praying, maybe, maybe praying and having a journal with you. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to tell you everything you need to do. But at the same time, would you just take that time and, and however you need to focus on God, maybe you just put some worship music on. You just spend time in your car uh, worshiping God. Maybe you have a journal with you. Write down some things you feel impressed on your heart. Uh, that the Holy Spirit may be prompting you or, or thoughts that may be churning in your mind that you feel are directed by the Lord, or maybe there 's something else going on that uh, you, know, you, you take that time and you, you spend it in Scripture, and God leads you a certain way you just you just go into the scripture and, and and something just is illuminated to you, or maybe you just pray or maybe you just sit still and just listen to the the voice of the Spirit, whatever it may be. Um, would you take that time you normally would have spent eating and would you spend it focusing on the Lord? And if we do that corporately together, I think a different church is going to show up next Sunday and Monday. I really do. And I don't mean like you're not coming next week and like different people (laughs) will be here instead. I mean, I believe God is going to change you and he's going to grow you and there's going to be something different in you through this practice. Some of you, You fasted before, and you're like, oh, man, I hadn't done that in a while. Oh, man, wow. And you're reminded today of the purpose of fasting. Some of you have never done this before, and and it might be a little scary to you. Hey, there's going to be so many other people doing it with you. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Don't disfigure your face. Don't walk around mopey. Just do it. And watch what God does take that time and intentionally tell God, God, you're more valuable than food today. And I want to acknowledge that you are more valuable than food. And and I want today to be a big worship day for our church, uniting us around growing in a more serious faith, denying our flesh and saying, God, I, I want you more than anything. Maybe you read through a few psalms and... God stirs some things in your heart. I don't know, maybe, maybe you're in a spot where you're seeking some serious direction. I'll be believing that God will release you into what is next for you and that God is going to give you clarity and focus as you fast with your church family. And then when you have to break the fast, here's the other thing. You know, breakfast, that's what that means. We're breaking that fast. We're going to do that together um, Wednesday. When we break that fast, before you just go nuts and be like, food! Before you go nuts on the food on Wednesday, I want you to stop intentionally. Don't dig in like a starving person, even though physically you may be a starving person, and you're really excited about getting to break that fast. Don't, don't do that, because uh, I don't want you to lose that focus and that clarity that you got by missing the point, because then you're missing the point. I, I want you to stop before you break that fast, whether you break it on Tuesday at some point, maybe you're just fasting a meal or two, or, or maybe you're going to fast all day, or maybe you're going to fast all week, I don't know, whatever the Lord leads you to do. But when you do break that fast, before you jump in there, don't do it like a starving person. I want you to stop, and I want you to thank God for his goodness and how the food you're about to eat reminds you that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus, what I'm about to eat is going to remind me that really, ultimately, you're the bread of life. Not not this meal, but I want to thank you for it because it reminds me of you. And how this food sustains me, Lord, I need you more than this. And I thank you for this food. It's more than just saying God is great, God is good, let's thank you for this food, I hope we don't get sick. You know, like God cure this food of anything that I may not know about. You know, that's not the purpose of praying over a meal. It's thanking God, it's stopping, it's being intentional. I believe that we're going to grow in our walk with God, and we're gonna grow more serious in our faith by doing this together. So I'm excited to be able to do this with you this Tuesday, and I hope that you've learned something today, or even if you already knew all this stuff, and maybe you know way more about fasting than I do, I don't know, um, that's fine, but maybe today you were reminded, oh yeah, that's a spiritual discipline that Christ doesn't want us to walk away from, and it's something that is gonna be so beneficial for you and for our church, as we do this together. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So why don't we pray just over this whole thing, and then we'll uh, stand together and we'll be dismissed. So thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you for everything that's happened here today, Holy Spirit. Just thank you for just moving, and thank you for the celebrations that we were able to celebrate. Thank you for us being able to pray over the Genskis this morning, and being able to dedicate um, their daughter to you. and Thank you for us being able to watch the video and celebrate about the church picnic and all the wonderful things you did there. Thank you for the exciting news about our, our building and our financial position as a church and, and, and our new uh, staff person that's going to be coming and, and his family. Thank you for this word. I pray that people have been stirred today to action, to where we won't just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of it corporately together. And I pray, Father, that our church family will just join and rally around this and make this a priority so that we can grow together and strengthen our faith, Lord, to become more serious about following you to where we're not casual followers, where we don't just punch in, punch out, but we are taking this thing seriously and help us to grow in spiritual disciplines. Help us to be a people who are taking you seriously, God, who are walking in the fear of the Lord, who love you, Lord, and who are giving you Lord, uh, everything, because you're worth that and so much more. Help us to grow in loving God and loving one another and serving others with that love. We give this to you, and we thank you for this. And we pray you speak to us, lead us, guide us, direct us as we go through this spiritual discipline together. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?